Well, as people are getting to their seats, can I say a really warm welcome to you this morning? Well, and particularly welcome if you're from the Holiday Bible Club, if this is the first time you've been here um, after the last week. Well, very, very warm welcome. Um, as you know, we do a lot of singing here at Oak Hall Church, and we're going to do that exact thing. Now, we're going to stand and sing about Jesus. Remember, our Holiday Bible Club was all about the person of Jesus, what he's done, how he has come to this world to make us right with God. We're going to praise him, because not only does he make us right with God, but he leads us through life. Let's stand together and sing this great song, My Lighthouse. Uh, Let's stand together.
Well, do take a seat. Good to see some actions from the youth corner there. Well done, guys. Loved it. Loved it. Next time, we'll have you up the front. Um, my name's Phil Velicott. I'm one of the elders who lead the church here. And it's so good to see so many of the young uh, children here, particularly, who came on the Blast Holiday Bible Club last week. If you're visiting this morning or are here for the first time, um, well, this morning's going to be a little bit different to what we normally do. Normally, if you're school-aged, um, at this time in the morning, you'd go to do some of the Blast activities um, um, that, that we, in the classrooms that we used all through the week. Uh, but this morning, we're all going to stay in here and finish what we started. This is the last morning of the Blast Holiday Bible Club. Uh, so let's go for it. Let's keep uh, enthusiastic right to the end. So we're going to have video clips. We're going to have uh, some talks from Elise and myself and Dan um, and, and, a bit of, and some prizes as well. Um, just a few family notices to share before we crack on. Um, it was great to see Sam and Nikita's wedding yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, really beautiful, uh, real joyful event. Um, and it's good to see so many family and friends here f- uh, from that too. Um, let's continue to pray for Sam and Nikita as they start their married life together. Also, coming up, we've got the Forge men's event. That's in a couple of weeks' time. Please do find out more from uh, the, the flyers on the desk in the foyer. And all the children's activities start up this week. Again, there are flyers in the foyer that give details when that happens, but grab one, find out more about all the blast activities that are going on uh, starting this Friday. Um, uh, just practicalities then, uh, behind me in the corridor are, are the loos, if you need the loo, um, and also for accessibility toilet, that's just behind the serving area, there's a door there, that's the loos for accessibility loo. Um, there's going to be a creche for under threes, uh, if you just go through that door there and follow the corridor, it'll just be on your left, it's obvious there's lots of uh, lots of glass open play area there for them. Um, and after the service, we've got tea and coffee in the foyer. We'd love it if you could stay and chat. Um, and there are activities for the children after the service in the cedar room, which is through that door at the back there. Not the outside door, but the inside door. There's a room there. That's the cedar room. Um, do feel free to use that. And then finally, it's really good to see Chris and Emily here. Uh, Chris has come to serve the church as our new 20s worker, and I'm just going to invite Ian to come up, and Dave uh, to come up and pray for them. Thanks, Ian. And Chris and Emily. Come on, come on. Well, there are loads of good things happening at Oak Hall Church, as you know. And one of the good things is that we've got Chris and Emily moving into the apartment here. It was many years ago that the youth group of the church decided we needed somewhere where we could have our activities. And so we started praying. And it was after eight years of hard work that it became possible to buy the Oaks in Tupwood Lane. It was a place where you could have recreation, a place too where you could meet for Bible study. And when it was decided that this would be the location of the new Oak Hall Church building, we then said, right, we need to have here an apartment for someone who's going to be involved with that age group and a lounge that's dedicated to that age group. And that's why Chris and Emily are here now. We welcome them and we pray that that lounge and that apartment will be part of the integral work going on here. So I'm going to ask Paul to tell us why have we invited this particular wonderful couple. Thank you very much, Ian. It's really good to have uh, Chris and Emily here. And uh, Chris has joined this very day 
our team here to work among the Twenties group, um, both in the church and in Caterham, continuing very much the work and vision of the Oaks Christian Trust, um, which has contributed so much both to this building and in terms of developing this work in past years, as Ian just mentioned. Both Chris and Emily bring a wealth of experience with them, um, having worked for a number of years at the Abernethy Christian Outdoor Centre up there in Scotland. And more recently, Chris has completed a degree course at Moorlands Bible College, where he has just gained a first-class honours degree Congratulations. <laughs> we welcome Emily, too, into our fellowship, bringing with her her experience as youth leader in Emmanuel Church, Southbourne. They'll be living here in 181 with James and Dan, um, and we would really appreciate your prayers for them as they settle into Caterham and under God's guidance, develop the Twenties Outreach work here in this area. I hand over now to Dave, who will lead us in prayer for them. Thanks, Paul. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do want to rejoice at this arrival of Chris and Emily into our Oakall Church family today. We recognize your sovereign hand in all of this. We have prayed to you and, and sought uh, a leader for this work, the, the 20s age group, and you have, in your goodness, now provided Chris to spearhead this work, supported by Emily. We do rejoice in your provision, Lord. We see your hand of goodness to us in this, and we thank that you have led uh, uh, Chris and Emily to, to this time. We thank you that they come to us with servant hearts, hearts that are ready and willing to serve you. And we thank you for the experience they already have and bring to us. And we, we just want to pray for them, Lord. It's a, it's a big step. It's a new church, a new home, a new job. And, and it's a step of faith that they are taking. So we, we know that you are a faith-honoring God, and we want to pray for Chris and Emily, that you will bless them in every way as they settle in here to our church and, and spearhead this work of building up the Twenties work. Lord, we do thank you every, for everyone in our church who is in the Twenties age group. We thank you for them. They're such an encouragement to us, having chosen to follow you and to, and to serve you. And we pray that Chris and Emily's arrival will be a great blessing and an encouragement to them. And as they join together and seek your face and your leading for the future, we want to pray that there will be many others in Caterham who turn from an empty way of life and turn to the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus, the one who takes away our sin and our shame and gives us purpose and life and hope for the future. Lord, may you bless Chris and Emily in this work, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning, everybody. I feel like I should say straight away that uh, we're not actually living with Dan and James. We're living in the apartment next door. Uh, 
but we're loving being neighbors with them. Uh, we love being neighbors with you guys uh, to be in ministry alongside you. Thank you so much for welcoming us. Everybody who's spoken to us has given us such a warm welcome. Uh, we're really excited to see what God is going to do uh, in this town um, through us, but through you also, uh, and in the lives of the local people who uh, we really you know, look forward to what God's going to do. Um, it's a, a new beginning, it's a new start, but a really exciting one. Uh, we do really appreciate your prayers uh, for the 20s group, for us, uh, and uh, look forward to what God's going to do. So thank you. Thanks, Chris and Emily. Welcome. Oh, finally, we've got someone who's educated on the staff team. All those of you asking me about prolapsarianism related to suffering, well, there's the man to answer your question. Um, great. Well, so, listen, just to remind us, just to remind us of, uh, of, of what went on, and if you were, uh, we're curious about what went on at the Holiday Bible Club um, over, the, uh, uh, over the last week. We're going to watch a video clip that a couple of young people have put together, uh, a few young people have put together, actually, um, uh, uh, about that week. So, can we have the lights and... Don't know how 
I think a good thank you and well done to the children and young people is in order. And now I'm going to hand over to Elise. Thank you, Phil, and thank you so much for that video. Those of you who've been working on that, that was amazing. It's great to see it. So as you can see from the video, over the past few days, we've had a great time uh, together at Blast. We've played games and made co-creations and built new structures that have never been made before out of lots of different materials. But we've also learned a lot about what the Bible teaches us about God. We learned how God made the world and he made us and that he is the true king of all the world. So he is the king God rules. And that's what we learned on the very first day, that God rules over all of us. But sadly, we don't want God to be king of our lives. And instead, we want to be in control of our own lives. And that attitude is called sin. And so we learned that although God rules over this amazing, beautiful creation, we've kind of messed it up and done our own thing and wanted to be our own king. And that's what sin is. And the Bible tells us that God's angry at our attitude towards him because we don't want him to be our king. But Jesus, God's son, he sent into the world and he came to show us how we can be right with God. And he lived a perfect life, one that was so good that no one could ever say that Jesus was a sinner like us. So God shows us what he's like. And he became one of us, a human, and walked on this earth. And he didn't just show us what he was like and then disappear back off to heaven, but he actually died. And he died a very purposeful death, not an accidental one, not just one that we would die, but he died on a cross and suffered like someone who had sinned, like someone who doesn't want God to be king over them, even though he was the king. So God provided... I just realized all of you wouldn't be able to see anything. <laughs> God provided a way for us to know him. And the Bible tells us again and again that he suffered so that sinners like us 
can get to know God himself. And this morning, we're going to take some time to explain how it is that when Jesus died, he made it possible for us to know God. So let me tell you about someone that Jesus met when he came down on the earth. And it's, it's found, the account of this is found in the Bible, and it's in Luke's um, account of Jesus' uh, life. And it's Luke chapter 5, verse 12. So one day, Jesus was walking with his friends on his way somewhere, and they came across a man who had a disease, and it was a disease called leprosy. And this isn't something that we have in our country anymore, although in other parts of the world it still does exist. But people in Britain don't get it because we've got medicines uh, to, that have basically wiped it out of this country. But back then it was an awful disease and it caused lots of puffy, sore skin. It affected people's hands and their legs and sometimes even to the extent that fingers would drop off. It was just a horrible disease, but it was also really easy to catch. So if you had leprosy, you were not allowed to be near anybody else. And you couldn't even go near anybody. So your family, they couldn't get close. You couldn't even go home to your family because they wouldn't want to catch it and you wouldn't want to give them this terrible disease. In those days, there was no cure. And someone who had leprosy was called unclean. That was basically... They weren't allowed to be part of the community. They were kept out of the community. So if um, this man that I showed you had leprosy, he was unclean. He had to live outside the town. He wouldn't be able to work, so he had no money. So he'd have to just beg to survive. It was a terrible existence. And even if people saw somebody with leprosy, they would chase them away with sticks. They were almost treated like animals. People were so frightened about getting this disease that had no cure. And if someone touched a person with leprosy, then they would be treated as unclean too and treated like they would have to be outside of the community as well. And if you had leprosy, you couldn't go to worship God at the temple, just like we've come here today. You couldn't go. You wouldn't be allowed in. You'd be sent away. And so you were kept away from people and you were kept away from worshiping God. So Jesus and his friends saw this man who had leprosy, and the man ran over to Jesus. This isn't allowed. He runs over to Jesus, he fell down on the ground in front of him, and he begged Jesus to heal him. He had heard amazing things about Jesus, how he'd managed to make the blind see, and all these other miracles, and he thought, this is my one chance. He was taking a tremendous risk. And do you know what he said? He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This man had nothing to lose. He had had no life, really. But he knew that he had one opportunity um, to become clean. And he knew that Jesus was the solution to that. So at this point, if Jesus' friends had touched the man, then they would have been treated like the man with leprosy. They would have been chased away from the people and not able to worship God at the temple. They would have been made unclean. But this is the shocking moment in the story. Because rather than chasing the man away, what does Jesus do? He reached down and touched this man. This man who was unclean, this man that nobody would ever, ever touch, he reached down 
and touched him. Can you believe it? And what happened next? Well, this is how the Bible describes what happened next in verse 13 of our passage. It says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Is that not amazing? When Jesus touched the man, the most amazing thing happened. The man was healed. The unclean man was made clean. As well as that, all the damage the disease had caused, it was undone too. This was in a a society where that was impossible. A complete miracle. Jesus, the perfect one, the clean one, had made the disease, the unclean, go away. Every mark that the disease had left on the man, anything on his hands or his feet or whatever had disfigured him was now gone. He was restored completely to full health. Jesus made the man clean. And that's just fab, isn't it? And it shows us how God is so amazing, how God is massive and good. And we can praise him, can't we? So at the Holiday Club, we had some fun songs with actions, and the children are going to come up with all the enthusiasm they can muster to show you what one of our songs, and it's God is Good all the time. So young people, do you want to come down and stand at the front? Junior leaders, could you stand at the back, maybe with James, so that you can help with the actions? But I'll just leave the, the words up on the screen so that we can see it. Okay, James, could you pull that project at the back forward a bit so we can see the words? So every young, peop- young person who is at the holiday club, come and stand up the front. It'd be fab to see you do the actions with us. If, you, if some of you want to come up onto this stage, then come up the stairs and along the front here. If you'd like to be extra seen. Come on, guys. There's a few more people. I need Coral up here. Aidan, can you go and stand at the back and show us how to do it? Come on, Jacob. Samuel and Sophia. Theo, come on. All of you, come out and we'll do this together. Rebecca and James at the back. Come on. It sucks when people know your name, isn't it? Right, come on then. Let's see. Over mountains, high through the valleys, low, God is good. Wherever we go, from the brightest days to the darkest nights, God is good. All the time, oh, 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 oh. God is good, oh, oh, oh,
where you are. Guys, stay where you are because I've got a prize for you coming to do that. So come back out and I'll give you a prize, okay? But also we had competition throughout the week. We had uh, lots of games and activities and things that we gave out stars for. And our top team for the week uh, was Green Lantern. So is anyone from Green Lantern here today? Have we got any of Green Lantern? Samuel Green, you can, you can get a prize for Green Lantern. Is anyone else here? Yeah, come on up, Amelia. Okay, can you choose a prize from here? So Green Lantern, you were amazing, except for the fact that you chose me to pie on the last day. I'll forgive you for that. There you go. So well done, Green Lantern. And we we got, the children did lots of fun activities. The leaders were giving them stars all the time. And uh, we had some winners. And I think... Um, we have Bonnie. Is Bonnie here today? Is Bonnie here? Yes. So Bonnie, you are the Unikitty winner. So you can choose a prize from this box here. Well done. Actually, I'm going to give you that prize. Well done. Okay. Our other winners, I don't, I don't think I've seen them, are Jack Jolly, Charlie Griffin, Ethan Gray, Archie Baker, Alfie and Charlie Mons, Will McLaughlin, Daisy Winyard, Lucia Day, Chloe Burdett and Ben Hoy. But if they're not here, don't worry, but we'll give them prizes another time. Um, but I just want to say to you guys, well done for getting up on Sunday morning and being enthusiastic about everyone so you can have a prize too and then have a seat. I'm going to pass over to Dan now who's going to the next part of the story. I've switched off a bit early. There we go. Brilliant. Well, good morning. Now, earlier, uh, we, Elise, told us a story of how Jesus touched a man who had leprosy. And by touching him, the man was made clean. But, you know, Luke, the person who wrote this story, wrote it because it gives us two pictures that help us to understand who Jesus is. Firstly, it gives us a picture, it's a great picture, of what we're like on the inside. So when the man came and and knelt before Jesus, it was clear that the disease made people see the man was unclean. Do you know, in a similar way, because of our sin, when God looks at us and sees, he sees that we have a heart disease, our wrong attitude towards him. And in that way, God sees us as unclean too. Not on the outside, but on the inside. And what does that mean? Well, do you remember over the past week, we discovered that sin is wanting to be ruler over our own lives. And you know, that attitude is in all of our hearts. And in God's eyes, it makes us unclean to him. And so the Bible, in this story that we've been looking at this morning, it wants us to see and think about how the physical disease of leprosy is similar to the spiritual disease in our hearts. And in showing how they're similar, 
seen why it is we need more than anything for Jesus to deal with our hearts like he dealt with the man with leprosy. Because you see, just like leprosy was incurable in Jesus' day without a miracle from Jesus, so sin is incurable today without a miracle from Jesus. And like if you had leprosy, you were called unclean. Well, God sees our hearts. He sees our sin. And so we're unclean because of it. And like when you had leprosy, you had to be kept away from people. You couldn't be near the people in the town. Well, sin keeps us away from God. And just like people with leprosy long to see the people that they loved, long to be a part of the community they were once a part of, well, we, you and me, we long to know God and to belong to his family. This man with leprosy is a picture of what we're like on the inside. It's what we're like before God. But you know, the amazing news, the amazing news this morning is that this is only one picture. You see, this encounter between a man with leprosy and Jesus also shows us and helps us understand the second picture, which is what it takes for us to be healed spiritually from our sin. And that's the second thing that we're going to see very shortly, that it helps us see what it takes for sinners, people that have rejected and rebelled against God to be healed, to be forgiven, to be clean before him. You see, in the story, on one hand, you have the leper who was unclean. We've been seeing that, haven't we? But on the other hand, you have Jesus. And he's not unclean, he's perfect. He is so clean. And you know, this is a picture of how God sees us. God sees us, as we've seen, as unclean, dirty, rebellious. We've said no to him. We're not right with God. We've treated God horribly. We're unclean. But you see, Jesus, he's not like us. He lived a perfect life. He was God the Son, so he was perfectly clean. He never treated God horribly. He never accepted God. He never expected God to accept him as king. He never wanted anyone other than God to be his king. Jesus was clean. And you know, just like Jesus made the man who had leprosy clean, so too Jesus came into this world to bring us spiritually unclean people into a right relationship with God. He came to make us spiritually clean before God by taking away our sin so that we can know God, we can love him, and we can make him the king of our lives in a way that we could have never done before. That's amazing news. Jesus came into this world as the only spiritually clean one to have ever lived in order to clean unclean people like us. And so exactly as he made the leper clean, Jesus came to make his followers spiritually clean before God. That is the best news, the most amazing news we could ever hear. 
this morning. But maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, how on earth could he do that? How could he do that? Well, you won't have to wait long, but in a couple of minutes, Phil will come and share and tell us how Jesus accomplished what we've been looking at this morning. But I'm going to invite James, who's going to lead us in prayer as we speak to this amazing God. Thanks, James. Well, what a privilege it is to talk to our God this morning. So let's uh, bow our heads and close our eyes as we pray. Heavenly Father, we worship you and praise you this morning. You are so worthy of all our praise, O God. We thank you for your gracious love that you've shown to us. We thank you for Jesus, that he sacrificially gave his life, taking the punishment that we deserved for our rebellion towards you. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us new life through your Son, the Lord Jesus, and that one day we will be with you for eternity. Lord, we thank you for Holiday Bible Club and the 190 children that came through these doors this past week. We thank you that the gospel was clearly explained and that the name of Jesus was lifted high. I pray that you continue to soften hard hearts and that the message they heard, the songs that they sung, would be resounding in their hearts this week. Thank you for all the team members that served faithfully over the three days. Lord, I pray that you'd give them good rest. Lord, we thank you for the chance that people had to rest over the summer, whether that's going away or taking time to wind down at home. I pray that as school starts up again and people are back at work, I pray that you would have refreshed them over the summer and that they would be ready to proclaim Jesus in their school, in their college, in their workplace. We especially think of those who are starting new schools this September. Lord, I pray that you would give them peace as they go into that new place. I pray for the teachers that are here too. I pray that you would energize and equip them to start a new term. Lord God, we thank you for this church family. And I pray that you'd be with Cheryl and the family at this time as they grieve. I pray that you'd comfort them. We thank you that we were able to celebrate the marriage of Sam and Nikita Hardy yesterday. I pray that you'd be the center of their marriage. I pray blessing and protection over them as they go away on honeymoon and as they start their life as a married couple. We thank you for the events that are coming up over the next months. I pray for the Forge and the Family Fun Day. I pray that your gospel will be faithfully proclaimed at those events. I pray that you'd give strength and wisdom to the leaders as they put the final things in place. I also pray for the Christianity Explore course starting in November. We pray that you would be stirring the hearts of those that you want to come along. Please give us boldness to invite our friends and family to hear the good news of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we would go out into this week singing your praises, that we'll be so full of love for the Lord Jesus that we can't help but tell people about him. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to stand and sing another song, a song that we um, sung at Holiday Club, but it's a song that sums up uh, what Dan has just been talking about. So let's stand as we sing, No One Is Good.
Brilliant. Do, do take a seat. Well, <clears throat> if we go back to that story of Jesus and the man with leprosy, when we read that story, as Dan's just said, we can see that it's a picture of, that, of, of what happens inside. It's a physical picture of what Jesus can do for us spiritually. But the question that we were left with is, how does Jesus do that? Well, do you remember how Elise told us how shocking it was for Jesus to touch the man? In those days, you didn't touch a person with leprosy because you too would be called unclean. To be unclean meant you would be cut off from friends, your family, even cut off from God, that picture of that angry man at the temple. Being unclean was lonely and horrible and incurable. But Jesus did touch the man. And when he touched the man, two things happened. Firstly, the, leprosy, the man with leprosy was cleaned. When Jesus touched him, it was amazing. It was incredible. Because it made the man clean. Jesus had the power and authority over that disease to undo it. So all the signs of the leprosy were gone. He didn't have to go around telling people he was unclean anymore. The man could hang around his family. He could hug them and kiss them. And more importantly, the angry man at the temple would say, welcome, come in and worship God, because he was clean. As a clean man, he was given a family again, both with his, his home family, but also a family of God, a relationship with God. But here's the second thing. When Jesus touched the man, Jesus became unclean. Shall I say that again? <laughs> when Jesus touched the man, Jesus became unclean. As I said earlier, Jesus touched the man, and the rules of that day said that if anyone touches a person with leprosy, they would be called unclean too. So Jesus touched the man. Jesus became unclean. When he touched the man, everybody for that split second was shocked and appalled and dismayed. What had Jesus done? What had he become? He had become an unclean man, a man with leprosy. He would have to be treated like he had that disease. He would be cut off from family. He would be cut off from God. But he chose to do that. He chose to touch the man and be seen as someone who is unclean so that the man with leprosy might become clean. Can you see what's going on? Jesus, who was clean, became clean. It's a bit, what, it's a bit like what happens when you have a dirty face. Now, right throughout our holiday Bible club, we've had pie face, haven't we? Could I have a junior leader up here, please? Noah, come on. There are some blessings of being a minister's son, but this is not one of them. Okay, boys and girls, I think we, we need an unclean face, don't we? So, let's make Noah's un face unclean. Yay! Oh, what was that? Pie face. Shall we, shall we, shall we do... 
Oh, he was trying. Oh. Ready? So, brilliant. We've got an unclean face, haven't we? Oh, and eyes. Do you want me to wipe your eyes away? No, don't worry. Okay. Now, boys and girls, there's no point trying to clean an unclean face if it's if what you're trying to clean it with is unclean. Let me just demonstrate that for you. I've got an unclean cloth. If I try and clean Noah's face, it just makes it worse. Isn't it true that in order to clean the unclean, we need something that is clean? Isn't that true? And when the, when the clean thing comes, it is able... You can get me back later. It is able to make the unclean clean, but it becomes unclean itself. Thanks, Maeve. You can, you can sit down. And if you, if you want to see where he's going, you just follow the trail of cream now. You see, that's a picture of what God does to make us clean on the inside. And that's what Jesus had to do in order to deal with our spiritual uncleanness, our sin. Because Jesus was perfect from God and sinless, he came into this world to take our sin from us. In other words, in order for us to be spiritually clean, spiritually right with God, Jesus had to become spiritually unclean. And Jesus makes that happen when he dies on the cross. You see, the Bible tells us that when Jesus died on the cross, he took our sin upon himself. So when God looked at Jesus on the cross, Jesus was unclean. And God's anger at our sin was placed on Jesus. He, the perfect one, died suffering the punishment we deserved from God because we'd not wanted God to be our king. And here's the good news. Boys and girls, here's the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful news about this. Jesus willingly did this. Do you remember in the story how when the man with leprosy came to Jesus and asked him to make him clean, Jesus replies with these words, I am willing, be clean. Well, the same goes for us. If we talk to Jesus in prayer, if we ask him to take away our sin, he is willing. So everyone, anyone, and actually literally anyone, whether you're a grown-up here or a little person here, anyone who asks Jesus to clean them on the inside, will be forgiven by God. Isn't that amazing, amazing, amazing news? It's good news for everyone. And can I invite you, if you want to find out more, don't leave it 
Don't say, oh, I'll find, about, I'll find out about that later on. Or, or I'm curious, well, you know, it, it'll, it, it, I'll have an opportunity some other time. Ask this morning. Please do come ask me or Dan or Elise or James or anyone, the person you came with, ask them. Because Jesus has done this for our world. And it might be for the first time you've realized you're not spiritually clean before God without Jesus. Well, do ask us and and take some time. We can give you a little little leaflet that will explain it a bit further. Um, And and we'd love you uh, to pray to Jesus with us if you want to do that. Well, we're going to finish our, our service there, um, and I'm going to end by, uh, by, by praying, um, and then we'll sing a song. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that you, the perfect one, has come into this world to take away our sin. We understand our sin is an offense against God. It's our attitude that we treat God so badly, and we need Jesus. Lord, thank you for this this wonderful good news for this story in the Bible that explains how Jesus can undo our sin and take the punishment on himself for it so we can know God. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your work. We pray that we would trust in you to bring us into a relationship with God that we can enjoy forever and ever and ever. We thank you, Lord God, for the Holiday Bible Club. We thank you for our time this morning. Lord, you are a great, great God, and we worship you and love you. We pray that you would bless us this morning, uh, and, uh, and may we uh, sing now of the power of, uh, of Jesus, the one who has revealed God to us, the Word of God. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's stand and sing that song. It's a song about uh, the, the power of God's word, the revelation of God to us in this world. So let's stand together and sing, Behold the Power of His Word.
Let me finish with a a great prayer um, from the Bible. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault. And with great joy to him, to the only God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore.